Thank you for listening to a new episode of Paranormal, The New Normal. I have to put a slight disclaimer before this episode, however, because it is with an adult film star named Johnny G, and the to- and the topics talked about do get a little non-minivan friendly, so if you have any kids listening, now might be a time to send them out of the room. Tell them Bigfoot's outside or something. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to what will be a bonus episode this week of Paranormal The New Normal. I received a request to interview my guest today, and I couldn't say no when I heard what he does. So I just couldn't say no, and I wanted to be a bonus episode because I can't I can't wait months to release it. It's going to be too good of an interview for that. And my guest today is Johnny G, who... And this is what was told to me, but I'm going to let him explain in a minute about himself. But I was told Johnny G is a porn star who is doing spectrophilia reenactments where he reenacts ghosts having sex with people or sexual possession, which that sentence right there is all I need to hear to get him on this show, because I love both those things and they just crossed over in my show and it just made me the happiest man on earth. So. Johnny, first off, how you doing tonight? I'm good, good. Just uh, settling in for the evening here. And yes, I am a performer in the porn industry. And yes, I'm doing reenactments and also filming of possession or things that are kind of going bump in the night. So, Which that right there is just... I couldn't imagine this combo ever coming together, but the fact that it did just made me happier than a fat kid in the cafeteria. All right. Well, I'll explain to you a little bit more on spectrophilia if if the audience hasn't heard about this. Spectrophilia is when an entity um, has sexual or uh, some kind of like sensual interaction with a human being. I'm assuming with animals too, but I'm not going to get into that part. But as far as... um, the recording of this on film, there's a couple things that are out there on the web that are inconclusively showing someone that might be having sex with a human being or a ghost, sorry. Um, but really nothing that's gonna be concrete saying this is evidence of paranormal activity or a supernatural being. I, I like the idea of reenacting these things because on, let's say ghost hunters or something like that, they'll lead you into the direction of some kind of sexual entity or, or like being touched in the night or something like that, but they're not going to go into this kind of detail. And I, I like to go into the sexual full spectrum of description and also uh, visually displaying it. So I'm good with that. Well, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind when you talk about this is, of course, Scary Movie 2. When she's bouncing, when she's basically 69 with a ghost all around the bedroom. And that's the first thing that comes to my mind when you say this. And I know it's probably not anywhere. It's probably not that forceful of an encounter when it happens in real life. But, but honestly, that was probably one of the, the best um, displays of it 
in, in, in production that I've seen that were, that were funny at the same time, like the girl's giving a blow job to the ghost and her, her mouth is moving and stuff. Like it's actually got a dick in her mouth and it's funny, but I'm like, okay, that, that would make sense. Like the, the director and the guys that were writing this were actually thinking that like this would happen and made it look logical or reasonable in terms of the production. And I, I want to strive for that too. Um, I'm, I'm not using the same technology or the same type of editing techniques to make that happen, but it'll be interesting. I've got an idea of what my entities will look like. Um, I'm not putting a sheet over someone, <laughs> you know, and, and making them jump around, but it'll be kind of interesting as far as the, the story, but also the, the graphics and the, the production. Um, at the moment, I'm setting up my uh, OnlyFans page to actually do this, and I'm recording video and putting it together for production. I've been a porn star in the live chats, um, cam kind of modeling world, but also I've done a couple of things that were mainstream on uh, X videos, so. Ooh, X videos, that's an old favorite yeah. of mine. Yeah, I have a, a comic book character that I'm developing for porn too, and that's gonna lead into this as well, and it's called the Alpha, so that's on the, uh, the X videos. That's a good comic book, your name, that's for sure, and that would play yeah. good into the sex role too. So yeah, I can see that. Well, I, can, I can see that. Actually, it, it's kind of, um, I was mentioning before we started here, theories on all of this stuff. Um, I've had some incidents in my past that were strange, paranormal, unexplainable to myself. And I wanted to investigate or to find people that have had similar things and try to deduce what happened. And this character, this comic book character, is me in a different reality. And that reality doesn't exist outside of our world or our universe, it's virtual reality. And it comes from um, some of the ideas that I had stemming from the military. I was in Special Operations Command a long time ago and we had the Digital Warfare Training Center right next to our barracks. And it was kind of said that they were building technology for modern warfare, the video game, making this metaverse of reality. And they were actually scanning soldiers in my unit into the system with laser scans and bio scans, taking our DNA and doing a lot of like experimentation. We had to sign different forms saying uh, that we would allow our DNA to be tested and all kinds of different things. So I imagined that they created a completely autonomous entity that was basically a biological scan of myself, a virtual Johnny G. And this thing was interacting in a virtual world, but it somehow managed to escape or to communicate with me. So that was kind of the, uh, the idea behind this character that I had. So, uh, so it communicated with you though. That's, that's the interesting part right there. Yeah. So on, on our, I'm going back, this is a long time ago, on our base, we had satellite dishes that were pointed at the room that I was staying in, the barracks that I was actually staying in. And I, I was walking around the barracks one day and I'm like, it's very odd that right where the satellite dish was pointed, all of the aluminum was stripping away the paint. Only in the area where this thing was pointed, the, the paint was peeling off. 
And I'm like, there's some serious output of electromagnetic energy coming off this thing or going to this thing that would be making that happen. And there, it had been said before the, the barracks that I was staying in, some guy started to hear voices and went crazy. And I started to think about that. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Well, some other things happened. And I didn't mention this before we started, but uh, I left the military under some strange situation where I kind of lost my mind after being injected with something. And I don't know what it was. And it was not in my medical records. And it was right before I was supposed to be deployed into operations. So some, somebody in our unit, I don't even know if they were in our unit, called me into a room, said, hey, soldier, get in here. You got to take a shot. And like, I don't have my med record. He's like, don't worry. You don't have time. Everybody's doing this. Injected with me with something. And I started to have some very strange uh, reactions to that. So uh, after that happened, I started to have some theories and some ideas on what was going on with me. And all of that kind of like was buried for a long time because this was years ago when I was in the military. But it's more of a sci-fi or scientific explanation of what's being, uh, ha what's happening in our supernatural or paranormal existence. Um, I think technology has a, a role in the way that our, our senses are actually having uh, reactions like if you're hearing a high-pitched tone in your ears, like a tinnitus ringing in your ears, um, I've heard this from a couple of people that I've talked to in the paranormal world. Um, it's common for people so far that have been uh, subjected to either some kind of paranormal activity or have some kind of uh, mental illness or diagnosed mental illness. And what I found is I can hear the TV before it comes on from the electricity booting up in it or the, the frequency of the processor or something like that. It's a high pitched frequency. I can, I'm sensitive to electromagnetic energy. And I'm, I've noticed that other people that are in paranormal world are too. So. Very interesting. Cause I mean, I too randomly will during the day will get like a high pitched noise in my ear and I, I look around, I can't figure out where it's coming from or if it's going for anything and it'll last usually a minute or two and then it goes away. But I always wondered like what it was. Cause there's nothing, I'm not on a high mountain or anything like that. So my, it's not my ears popping and it's I'm on the ground in a very normal elevation and there's nothing, there's no machines around or anything that would make this noise and make it loud enough where it would be stuck in my head. So I've had that happen a few times too. And I'm just like, I don't know what this is. And I'm not really uh paranormal investigator by any means i've never only thing i ever investigated was a couple spirits in the house i own now but i did it with a paranormal investigation group so i mean i'm not technically an investigator by any means so if you if you're paying attention to what i was telling you i had an injection i yeah. don't know what it was and there was a satellite dish that was broadcasting or, or either receiving or sending some transmission basically on path of my room Okay, and had some adverse reactions. And I started thinking about this stuff. And when you mentioned spirits, if you learn about physics and science, you understand that all these paranormal investigators or spirit hunters or ghost hunters are using devices to pick up electromagnetic energy. Yeah. Okay. 
energy needs to be um, in mass or attached to mass. It does not float around freely, okay? Yeah. So it's not like your body died and then there's a trapped electromagnetic energy floating around in the room. It's reacting with some mass, okay? Whether that be the atomic structure of the, the air or the, the, the atmosphere in the room, or this is my kind of hypothesis, which I was kind of talking about. It could be that it's uh, biological microbial content of the room. If you looked at your room that you're in right now, but you could only see microbes, it would almost look exactly the same because they cover all the surface of everything. Yeah. Okay. This is where I'm thinking the basis of our interactions with spirit comes from. I think it's from microbes. They can hold electromagnetic energy. They can transmit electromagnetic energy. They can affect the hormones and the uh, neurochemical, the neurochemistry of your brain to actually make you hallucinate. And your body has a hundred times more foreign DNA from microbes than it does human DNA. So you're, you're walking around spaceship of alien life forms in your body. Yeah. Okay? Makes sense. And there's some research that I did into this, which it's kind of my hobby, but I'm also getting into it as a paranormal investigator uh, of sorts. Um, there's a woman named Bonnie Bosler at Princeton University. I don't know if she's there anymore, but she was doing studies on microbes and their communication. They have a, a very complex lexicon or language. And they were, they were able to communicate interspecies and with uh, different species of microbes. So it's, it's like they can speak to the, the bacteria in the gut. That's their normal species, the same species like you and me talking. And then they can communicate with the bacteria on their on the outside of your hand, which is a completely different species, has a different language, but it can communicate with it. And it does this through movement and shape, but also electro electromagnetic energy. Okay. So if it has a complex lexicon a language, it has some kind of intelligence. It's a sentient organism. And this can explain demons if we're talking about different entities or things like that. Like demons could be explained as microbes that are inside of you and inside of me, the same species. And they are in other organisms as well, but they, they act as one sentient being, but inside of us and maybe if they're overwhelmingly abundant inside of one human being, they could take possession. They overwhelm the, the biology, the senses. There's not a lot of um, research that I see mainstream into this that says, okay, this person had this type of microbe when they were exhibiting this type of behavior, but I'm, I'm fairly confident in the future we'll find out these things. So it's interesting because, I mean, usually when someone is supposedly having a demonic possession they don't really bring scientists in to look at them they usually bring priest or a healer or something along those lines because one religion usually likes to, if, the, if the family of the person being possessed is religious they usually like to bring religion in because they think that's the answer to everything or they bring in a healer or uh 
exorcist, even if it's not a religious person, just a regular exorcist, but they, I actually have never heard of exorcism where they brought in scientific people to do studies of the person while they're supposed to be being possessed. Well, I, I think there's a reason for this and it makes sense if you can explain a way at it, but let's imagine that you're possessed by an organism, a microbe, and it's out of, let's say yeast, okay? Just for the shits and giggles of things. You got yeast in your, your uh, lower intestine. Let's say the yeast has an effect on your body. It starts to cause you to hallucinate, to do some crazy shit with your body. You, you're, you're acting, your body's doing things that are abnormal and it's inside of the person next to you. But let's say that these are sentient beings, this organism of yeast as a collective group is a society or a single entity. Let's say that it made a pact to stay in balance in harmony in humans so they can exist because they can't move around freely without our bodies. Okay. So when that spiritual leader comes in the room, maybe it's like um, a diplomatic communication on a, a molecular level saying, okay, this person is telling you, you need to honor the pact that we have for balance in this body. And the, the way that it's being processed by the priest is saying, you need to leave this. And maybe the way it's being interpreted inside is saying, mm-hmm. remain balanced inside this individual because it's necessary that this person stays, okay? We cannot have this person die right now. There, there could be an internal dialogue that's different from the mind or the conscious mind and what's going on with these entities or organisms inside of you. I've never heard of this before. I've never read about any of this stuff. This is all my own hypothesis. If you're if you're wondering about this too, so it's definitely an interesting hypothesis because it would explain a lot of the non-physical supernatural phenomenon out there. I mean, this can't explain, which we'll get into later. But this can't explain like Bigfoot or Mothman or any Why of not? those. Why not? They they can actually microbes can adjust the DNA of, of the species that they're in. They can manipulate DNA. Okay, so let's imagine that we had a branching off of a particular species of human and that that was controlled by a microbe. It can do that. Microbes can affect DNA of a human being. Okay, hmm. so it can, it can also cause some kind of like thirst for blood. Okay, for vampires and stuff like that. It's actually a microbe that actually in, in vampire bats and things that makes the, the species crave the blood. When you have a craving for food, it's not you, it's the microbes in your stomach that want to remain in balance, telling your endocrine system, your hormone system, releasing dopamine and different brain chemicals to say, hey, go get this thing because it makes you feel good and it makes us thrive. And if this was an agenda for a particular organism or entity to, to shape things, they, they could infect a certain individual that has a proclivity for, for you know, changing, it's altering its DNA by having sexual relations or by having physical contact or eating a particular food that's shared with it. It can, it can do that all on an unconscious level that all of us are unaware of. Okay, the demon agenda. I, I actually think that um, what we think of as demons are microbes. They've been around since ancient times, as far as explanations. 
they're hidden, they're inside of us. All of the things that have been told in, in biblical dogma, really, it makes sense if you think about it as a microorganism. So. Hmm. So if that, so if you're saying that, my, that microbes could be what we consider as demons, or they can make people seem like they are what we consider as demonically possessed, where would that put, say, the devil in all this? So remember, the devil is not a demon. No, he was an angel, but. Yes. Now, if you go to ancient Aramaic, I think it's Aramaic, and I might be wrong on this, but I've read this, and it made sense a lot. The color spectrums, Roy G. Biv, red, orange, yellow, you know, indigo, violet, those colors are actually, in ancient Aramaic, the names of angels, okay? And it says that angels kill demons, but they also communicate with demons. Ultraviolet light kills microbes, okay? blue light kills microbes that's michael okay red light cultivates microbes heat it's, infrared light that's lucifer red, red is lucifer okay so the names of angels is actually the same thing as colors and in our universe everything is made up of of light essentially okay photons and, and interactions of particles and everything like that on a molecular level smaller than the microbe, you're going to get into atoms. And if you go into that, you have elementals. I researched this as well. Elementals are, uh, they, they're talked about as spirits of earth, air, water. What if they're not spirits of those things but it's actually a conscious behavior of the elements itself like oxygen or hydrogen or whatever and on a molecular level speed and distance and all of these things are relative but they could be communicating at a level that we don't understand because it's moving so fast okay it could be a language that is communicating when a, a light is reflecting off a surface or going through an atmosphere or something like this it could be a signal just like we send pulses of energy through a satellite dish that sends signals, it could be from the sun reflecting an instruction to have some kind of function on the earth. Okay. Huh. So let's say, for example, rain dancers of Native American legend, they yeah. are you thinking that maybe that? The microbes are the ones that actually made it rain. The elementals are actually the ones that made there's it rain. A, there's a particular species of microbe that actually makes it rain. It makes water freeze at a different temperature. And at a certain altitude in the atmosphere, it, if it's present, it will actually change the composition or the, the air enough to actually cause rain. A microbe does this. It's usually found in mountaintops. That makes sense, but inter I mean, this whole thing is such a new idea to me, and it's interesting that, like, I have a thousand questions about it, but I'm trying to think of ones that are the most prominent questions that anybody else would want to ask. Yeah, yeah, it, it's 
for for my thoughts on this, and I, I want to actually get more people's feedback on this, if our discussion leads to anything from your audience or the people that are kind of following me, I would love to know. But your your questions about uh, the rain dance and, and the ancient um, Indian traditions or, or uh, theology, not theology, but legends. Native American traditions, yeah. Yeah, Native American legends. Um, they have their own, like the coyote, mm -hmm. right? a shapeshifter, all right? Um, what's to say that this entity is not taking possession of a human and acting the same as it does in another individual? So it has a personality, okay? So it could be that it was infected or it was uh, overwhelmed in the biology and it becomes a woman and then a man, and it has the knowledge of the human that was it was kind of host with before, okay? So you thought it was the same thing because it told you all the information that it was telling you before. It mm. could be something like that. Now, mind you, having a different person from a different tribe stumble upon you is a little weird. I mean, there, there are odd coincidences that have happened to me, but they do happen. To predict all this stuff, I think the only thing possible on the planet to, to be able to see the bigger picture of this is AI, artificial intelligence. So I think it would be able to process the, the validity of what I'm saying and be able to kind of come up with some, some kind of prediction, but I don't know. See, it's interesting because this episode's gonna drop a week from yesterday on hump day because I thought that was ironic. So, but... <laughs> But my normal episodes drop on Saturdays, and this Saturday's episode is a man who died 12 times due to a pill addiction. And he has actually supposedly spoken to God, and he speaks to spirits that tell him about, like, the history of Earth and God and everything else. Like, they'll answer questions that he asks sometimes about different aspects of history and whatnot. And so, I mean... It's kind of interesting because could microbes be what people consider a god in some ways? Like, could microbes have affected, let's say, Moses or any of the other ones, that I, any of the other biblical figures that are out there? Well, um, I talked to a guy the other day, and he said that he was a de demonic expert, and he said he has a guardian that's with him or um, a demon that helps him, basically gives him information. And regardless of what that name is or who he's identified it or the personality of it, he's getting some kind of information or input or ideas in an imaginary way, not through physical like collection of information. It's coming to him from an abstract source, okay? Now, if, if you're talking about God, we, we know that polytheism has been around longer than monotheism. Oh, 100%, okay? yes, 100%. Right. Um, so the, the little G God, I, I imagine, and I bring this up with the guy with the demonic things, because I kind of get this input someplace sometimes, and I don't know where it comes from. It's just kind of like zapped in my brain or downloaded. Um, I kind of imagine the little G being like an admin in uh, a matrix, okay? In a, uh, a database, in a, a metaverse, okay? And that 
admin can control the, the conditions that are in that environment, okay? And maybe it can also give information to particular individuals to have some kind of function play out. But ultimately it sees a bigger perspective, a 5D perspective of our world and is able to interact with that. Maybe not the big G, the monotheistic version, where I'm thinking that's more like everything that is, is described in one word. So you don't have to rack your brain about it all the time. Just yeah. call it. If you say universe, then you go, well, what about multiple universes? Okay. That makes it complicated. But if you want to describe everything that is, you just say the, the big G. That's kind of how I imagine the situation. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I could picture what you're saying with the small G is with, um, you know, if, say, Odin, if we want to go Greek gods, or imagine that'd be Norse. Let's say Zeus, yeah. if we let's say Zeus, if we want to go Greek yeah. gods, but yeah, he can control thunder and lightning because he just that's his way of showing, like telling people he has abilities. But it could be microbes controlling him, allowing him to do this, and these microbes just found a way to be able to form these things out of thin air, basically. I don't. I don't think it's necessarily forming. I think it's understanding the conditions to know and predict where it's going to happen. Yeah. Okay? So I, I don't think that. But initially, we came on here talking about sex and porn because I'm in that business. And you talk about the gods and how they visit, um, you know, the planet. All of the gods were fucking everybody. Oh God, yes. Uh, Zeus was a major rapist. Okay. So if you look at extraterrestrial every person in the back of their head when they're hearing a story about extraterrestrial contact is has the word probe in, the, in their brain yes they're thinking anal anal probe like every fucking person is thinking about probing sex sex is such a, a powerful like connector between everything but there's also the 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 moment after sex after orgasm and that's the, the time when you're just done and you don't want to be with it. You're the chaos moment when you're like, fuck this, I'm out of here. Like, I, I don't need to be connected anymore. And I think that um, if you're talking about ghosts and extraterrestrials and you're not talking about sex, or if they're always pissed off, these ghosts, imagine that if you ran the scenario that you try to arouse the ghost, you think it's going to be pissed off if the ghost is getting ahead every fucking day? No, like, no, no. I think it's going to be a little bit happier poltergeist. I mean, I know I'd be happier, so I can't imagine <laughs> they wouldn't be. Yeah, so like maybe it's different dimensions, maybe it's different universes, maybe it's trapped energy, maybe it's the memory of, of a, an, a, you know, an organism that was in the past. Whatever, whatever is happening, I, I'm choosing to to focus on the sex and the, the sexuality and the, the, the sensual nature of our being. And I wanna actually have fun with that. Paranormal stuff is great, but like, imagine being a, this is what I'm gonna talk about with these ghost hunters, cause I'm gonna, gonna go out with a group of them here in South Florida. If you were walking around looking for like this maniac killer spirit for a while and you got a good looking ghost hunting girl, you're probably at one point thinking that you want to have sex with them. Yeah. You know what? I, and like, 
they're probably having it go through their head. So part of the stories that I want to introduce are like, it's called para, paraphilia. That's having sex in dangerous situations. So maybe we go to like the most haunted house in America that you can't last 12 hours in and I just bang away for the entire night. Like I, I'll fucking do that. I could picture just like a stand of ghosts just sitting there clapping the whole time. <laughs> uh, or that, that scene in Scary Movie 2 when the, the cum shot comes and he just... <laughs> like, like the marshmallow man and fucking Ghostbusters. Yeah, and Danny Masterson's brother just sitting there with his arms behind his head smoking a cigar. <laughs> but I, I've seen some crazy shit in my life um, I, I tracked like the supernatural things with the odd things and then like just coincidental things. And what I've noticed is that I have a strong sexual nature. And I think that because of microbes, um, there's some theories about this in Russia that I was, or Ukraine that I was talking about with these girls. Girl, some people believe that if a woman has sex with a man, and then has a child with another man, the inherent traits of the man that she had sex with prior are actually in that child. And this, there's a little bit more evidence of this coming from sexual activity. So like you're, you're changing the crew aboard the ship that is you. And if you change it too many times or you get some hostile forces on board, it's going to have some effect on your your life and on the offspring that you have. See, so. that, that makes sense to me because you hear all these women, like our moms, they'll say that they'll, their, their child will do something and they'll be like, I don't know where they get that behavior from. Neither me or my husband are like that. I, yeah, I heard that a couple of times, but yeah, that, that makes sense. And I mean, if... If you're going out and banging as many people as I do in, in your life, you, there's a certain mentality that, that you need to have to stay sane. Because oh, I, there's a, I believe it, yeah. <laughs> there, there's a lot of like internal dialogue and thoughts that cross your mind. And all of that could be the consciousness of all the little entities that are inside of you mixed together trying to have one voice. And you just had more of it put together. Can't imagine... Like I, I was watching something on uh, YouTube the other day. There's two prostitutes in Amsterdam that were in their 60s and they claimed to have had sex with 80,000 men. 80,000 men. They said for 50 years or something like that or 60 years, some, some ridiculous number, 10 men a day, every day. I mean, if they started when they're in like their early teens and i could maybe see that but well the numbers worked out but it just didn't make sense because you think about like how many repeat customers are you going to have and how many people that are different are walking around i don't think the numbers are there but you got to be a you know in your head very different having sex with that many partners and it could be mental illness it could be demons it could be haunted in your head i mean a lot of different things but i mean well it's also amsterdam it could be the space cakes but <laughs> yeah that might give them a little bit more um relaxation and that whole thing so that's actually something i'm going to be 
uh, talking about a little bit too. I don't smoke weed, but my friend actually, he's going to sponsor some of my projects as a, a dispensary or um, cannabis business. Mm -hmm. I think that's another facet of all of this together because a lot of people in the industry either smoke or do drugs. And a lot of people that are paranormal people, paranormal investigators are interested in the smoke weed. I mean, a ton of people. I mean, so. I know I smoke weed and I know when I do, the Eiffel Tower rises. So I could see that. For, for like sex, I've had edibles before and crazy sensations, but I, I've passed out for 24 hours after that. And I couldn't stop laughing hysterically. I, I smoked a little bit, but it's not like something I need or, or want or even think about all the time. But like, I've had a, a girl and she was more aroused with, with smoking weed. And the conversations of this stuff of paranormal shit come up a lot quicker and faster and easier. Oh, God, oh God yeah, because you're thinking outside the box when you're stoned. I mean, you think of things and you, you're willing to say things you wouldn't be comfortable saying when you're not stoned. It's just the way it goes. And as someone who suffers from ED, like since I was a teenager, weed does help with that dramatically. And before I was able to get actual pharmaceutical help, weed was the only relief I had to get help with that. Uh, that was actually a question. I had an, another podcast interview for the porn. They were saying, what do you do for performance and stuff like that? And if you, okay, for me, if I'm, on the bottom and a girl's riding me, I have more trouble maintaining attention than if I'm in doggy style or on top. And it has a lot to do with blood flow. Like that blood is is going away well, from my dick. Yeah, obviously. I mean, gravity. It's about gravity kind of. Yeah. But yeah. as someone who in, in all three of those positions, it was always the same ending. Like it never, the blood flow wasn't there regardless in any of those mm. positions so and no doctor has able been, ever been able to say i mean because i'm 34 and no doctor okay. has ever been able to say to me like we know what this issue is and we can help you fix it every doctor's kind of mystified by it mm. they blame it on my weight that's what they do they they always blame it on my weight because i was a bigger boy demons man demons you got an angry demon <laughs> well the goddamn demons need to stop <laughs> No, I, man, I, I have really no problem in that department most of the time, but sometimes if I'm on, like, I was performing with a girl for my first porn. And I mentioned this in a book that I wrote, I, I couldn't get hard because I was concentrating on filming, directing, and like the moment and the, the angle at which my camera was like, I'm holding a camera. I had a camera on the side of me. My dick didn't look like my dick. It was like, I'm like, that doesn't look normal to me. Like, and I, I'm like killing it in my head from the whole situation. And sometimes you just like the, the weed, it will stop you from thinking all those random thoughts going through your mind. Well, that too. Yeah. So that kind of like kills it. But uh, for the most part, like, I don't think there would be anything that could stop me from having an erection. I'm wondering if like some shocking, fearful moment might, but I don't know. Like some Bigfoot bust through the fucking door or something like that and I'm banging away. 
Eh, I mean, I might be trying to get a Menage a going on then, but. I, I have a, not only react reenactment for my series, for my porn stuff, I've got some like, uh, not comedy, but kind of interesting ideas that I want to do. And I want to do one with Bigfoot and a, a mermaid. Well, and I'll tell you this. I heard about this on, on the Wild Thing podcast season one because okay. she, she interviewed the author. There actually is like a 12 book series out there about women that live in the forest with Bigfoot because Bigfoot kidnaps women and makes them his bride of the woods. And there's like a whole group of them living in the woods of Bigfoot and they reproduce with Bigfoot. That's how they get little foots. Okay. I've never I never read the series because I didn't want to spend the money on the books, but I might have to someday because that whole series sounds interesting as hell to me. I'll wait until it comes out on YouTube and I watch that. But mm. I, I really um for the genre of paranormal stuff, I would rather watch it. I don't yeah. wanna don't want to read too much. Reading for me is more technical stuff. Like if I need to have some information and it's like a reference or I, I wrote a how to be a male porn star in six to nine days book. And I did that because I was trying to cast for females and I had 900 guys send me dick pics. And I'm like, these guys are complete morons. They need a, a lesson on how to do this. But it wasn't like, you know, some sexual story of my life, which I'll probably do more in podcasts, honestly, or, or talk about this stuff because it's more fun. But Bigfoot, I was getting to that. I have this idea. On, on Etsy, you can buy these Yeti boots yeah. and they look like Bigfoot boots and they're for women. And I was thinking that I make this script where this hunter or someone claims to have seen a Bigfoot but they were like laying in a, a blind or something like that. And they just saw the legs and they were walking by and it was kind of like crazy. And I'll make it to where it's actually a girl sleepwalking with these boots on and she's fucking people when she's doing it or like doing some kind of crazy stuff. So. I would read or watch that. That'd be interesting. Well, with, with my production, I started to understand that you don't really want to, complicated story with porn no you, you want don't. something you want something to catch your attention but you have about literally 15 to 20 seconds to keep someone's attention for each little like plot point if yeah. you're trying to tell a story in that you're fucked so you're just going to fast forward through and find the, the cum shot like so. exactly like like get get the pizza guy in the door like don't stand there arguing about the bill for 20 minutes before you get him in the door so, so the scenarios with this stuff, there's not a lot of uh, content that's paranormal, like I said. And I'm not going to, I'll probably talk it on podcasts or something, but I went to a convention for porn a couple weeks ago. And I mentioned one thing and someone stole my idea, like immediately. Like they, people just want to have a new story because they're sick of the sibling, like taboo shit. It's yeah, I mean, it's get there are so many videos like that out there that's getting a little bit old. Like, I mean, they're still enjoyable to some degree, but it's just like, yeah, same story. Like, oh, my sister walked into me jerking off. Oh, let's see what happens next. Like, it's the same old stories over and over again. I, I mean, there are there are some things that I have my own preferences on for that, and I'm gonna write some stories that are kind of like weird, supernatural, sci-fi shit too, but. I'm, I'm, I like massage porn. And I can see that. That's, 
well, I go to massage parlors and I started like, I don't know, I was in China or something like that a long time ago. And a girl just started fucking giving me a hand job and I didn't ask for anything. And I'm just like, okay, this is fantastic. Like I didn't pay any more. I did a normal, you know, service. And after that moment, I was always imagining like them getting turned on. And that kind of like makes me want that situation. And when I watch the porn with it and I see people that are getting aroused and then like the, the, massage therapist is getting aroused that makes me excited if it's yeah. if it's like a mechanical like rub and tug it's not really the same thing no. it's like the whole the whole passion part of it kind of connects me with it yeah i've always been a fan of the uh girl massaging girl and they both get turned on by the massage that's always been my preference but I, so i i don't actually watch a lot of girl on girl porn i've had threesomes i've had foursomes i've had like multiple girls it's fun but like there's no cue for an ending with it like the come shot for me is like the finale like okay i'm, I'm done here i'm done with this video and like you you're wondering like okay is the squirting gonna be done no no it's five times more okay like <laughs> i mean it's just it's basically when everybody gets exhausted and they're just like, that's enough, that's when it ends. Yeah, but the mer the mermaid thing now, this is another idea I have. I was living in Hawaii and I met this girl and she was batshit crazy and she told me that she was a real mermaid. She was from a different planet and she was abducted by aliens and she also did porn. And she was beautiful. This is the fucked up part too. Like, just batshit crazy. She's pulling off her sock, showing me the incision with a tracking device was put in from the aliens and i was interviewing for a, a series i was going to do where we have a crew on a yacht and i'm like i was afraid that this girl would jump off the boat and try to swim to her death because she thinks she's a mermaid but then i i start thinking about that like with all of the stuff from our childhood like the little mermaid and like the mermaid stories and stuff like that you kind of want to see a banging mermaid situation. Like they, they have a fishtail, but maybe I could fucking make it work to where I see a pussy on the ass part. And I don't know, like make it work. I mean, that just, that sounds better than if it's the reverse mermaid and it's the head, it's a fish head on top and the human legs on the bottom. No, I, yeah. That, that wouldn't, that wouldn't work. I don't think. That's why there's not a lot of male mermaids. So, I mean, mm, well, I, it's not really something that you want to watch, but I think that I could probably make a, a video that will be kind of interesting with a mermaid. There's there's good enough tail things that I could get for a prop. Girls love dressing up like mermaids and swimming around in the water. And I can go to Hawaii and I know these little pools where I could film the whole thing and it would be awesome. I would definitely give it a watch. I'm sure of that. <laughs> yeah, well, just... So I, I I haven't seen it. So I'm like, okay, that sounds fun. And even if you did see it, you probably would be wanting a girls in porn. This is something that's funny about girls in porn. They've done everything that you could possibly think of by the time they're about 28. Yeah. They are bored with any type of script or idea that you had. No, I did that one. No, did that. Bang, bang. Yeah, I do that every weekend. Like there's nothing that makes them excited unless it's something that's completely different. 
Yeah. And then they're like, ooh. So girls get aroused a lot with porn by the story of them acting in it. The, the, like, the whole fascination with the new and different. It's, it's excitement for them. So, hmm. Probably why they're, they're attracted to paranormal shit too, but. Probably. I mean, I've yet to see a good uh, dogman porn either. Dogman? Dogmen are similar to a word I hate, werewolves, but but they don't need full moon to turn, and they don't if silver balls don't affect them, it's not any different than regular bullet wood. It's just uh, it's just dogmen have been around since ancient Egypt, for God's sakes. But there's actually a website called the North American Dogmen Project (NADP) where they have a map of all dogmen encounters that have been reported to them across the United States and I always say in this show that if even half the dots in the map are made up stories that's still a shitload of dogmen encounters that are supposed to be true you know I, I've there's some crossover with things but the terminology I'm thrown off with the word dogmen I mean I'm thinking lichen werewolf but there's also different stories that I picked up with people that are being dog or, or like my character that I was talking about, um, the computer-generated version of myself that I called Alpha, my sex character for my, my story for my series, my um, comic book series, the Alpha wears a dog mask. And it is not, um, it's intimidating to a certain degree, but it's also cute enough to where it's not alarming and I wore this mask to a party at this uh, porn convention and everybody loved it and the hosts it was called xbiz convention they saw this and saw how much attention I was getting and picked someone that they could either buy the photo from or just use the photo from and put it on their cover and they were talking to me about doing it that's one of the little ideas they steal away from you but for that dog uh, alpha male behavior, I think that's probably why there's more accounts of it. Mm. We've got so much on social media going around about be the alpha male, women want the alpha male. That makes sense. And if you're trying to behave like a dog and just fuck whatever you want, do whatever you want, it might be a reason for more of these encounters. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the whole dogma mythology, I mean, it goes back to some famous American ones are the Beast of Bray Road or the Beast of the Land Between the Lakes up in Michigan. Like those are two stuff. those are two famous dogmen that supposedly exist. And basically there's been songs about them too, where a dog runs in a log, a hollow log, and out the other end comes a man standing on two feet. All of these stories I've seen someplace or heard someplace or they're fragmented in my mind, but I'm not pulling up like a lot of actual sightings and in, in like. Uh, I mean, they're kind of related to almost a word I don't like to say, but skinwalker territory almost. Okay. Which so, that, which that's a Native American thing from the Navajo and the Ute tribes and stuff like that. There's um we we mentioned before we started 
a lot of different legends from around the world and different cultures that have different monsters and cryptozoology and stuff like that. And the stories of Norse mythology are some of the fucking most chaotic, like, I don't understand how they came up with the logic behind some of their creatures and their powers and stuff like that. It just, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Which makes you, th- which almost makes you think that maybe it was based on real things. That's why it came around. Because if it doesn't make sense and, and there's no logic to why it would be created, like, oh, there's a rain God because Africa needs rain. So there's a rain God in Africa they pray to. That makes sense. But certain gods in Norse mythology and in Greek mythology so it makes sense because they just no one really needs their powers or they just kind of exist I, I, I agree with part of what you're saying and I'm thinking to myself when someone like a, a literary scholar or someone from like a, um, a university is doing anthropological studies on this stuff they say things that are kind of like very um, professional with authority and they don't give any explanation beyond their initial conclusion. When you're a filmmaker, you try to make it sexy. Yeah, of course. And, and I think the problem with the Norse mythology is no one tried to make it sexy. They just kept that really like rough translation from Norse language to or whatever language it is to English or whatever language it was translated into. And they don't give any explanation. It's like, and the beast had, you know, the dog head and the, the, the lamb's ears, like, okay. Like, I mean, well, there's... the biggest problem with Norse mythology is that it was rewritten by Christians who were trying to convert all the Icelandic and what the hell is it? and Finlandic and one and Nor- Norwegian pe- Norwegian Swedish people who believed in all these Norse gods, the monks and the Christians who were trying to convert them back in the BC or even after BC a little bit, they would change the stories and they basically are the ones who wrote the idea of Ragnarok that all the gods die. Okay. And it makes sense now that we're talking about this, about their authoritarian perspective and why it's moved forward the way it has and the way that they structure it from translations. So they take this really rough translation, which they didn't want to be sexy because they don't want to perpetuate behavior. Yeah. I mean, religion ruins everything in my mind, but... Well... To some degree. uh, It also keeps order, but comic books are a religion now they they are they are they are it's it's a belief that people have and share about like entertainment or whatever but it's just yeah it can get fanatic and and crazy with things and i think that's what's worse about that but honestly i've had some experiences in my life and they were I, i was raised christian when i was a child and my brain still has the Christian overtones or undertones running to things like the idea of werewolves and vampires and Catholic crosses and like protection for, you know, Christians and stuff like that. Um, 
this this is rooted from our stories and our entertainment and stuff like that. So it's in my brain. I think that's the only reason I hold on to it because it was interesting for the entertainment value of it. Yeah, hundred percent. Because I was raised Christian too, and it's the same thing. Like I retain most of the knowledge I learned in church when I was a kid in Sunday school and whatnot, and just I can apply it to things, but it doesn't always make sense when I apply it to things. Like it just kind of sometimes the logic doesn't match up. This this is something I was thinking about several times since I've been kind of looking into the, the paranormal stuff is do you think aliens have porn or extraterrestrial or I think we're their porn I think it's like on South Park where they watch Earth like a reality show and we're their porn oh that's that's also like um, Rick and Morty where they have inter, intergalactic yeah. cable or interdimensional cable which uh, I mean there has I mean I'm sure there's alien porn to some degree if because aliens do exist, I can't say even maybe or if they do, because the government basically admitted they do at this point, and I believed before that even, of course, but I mean, they definitely exist. We'd be we'd be stupid to think we're the only habitable planet in the whole universe. Like, that just doesn't make sense. I, I think um, this is kind of the download version of my hypothesis on this stuff. Um, I think that we gave birth to a new reality with virtual reality and our metaverse. I think that's what our world is like, like a simulation theory. But I also think that that's probably how a species is gonna to travel to our world first. I think they're gonna be encoding themselves here. I, I, I think they're gonna, you know how we have programs in the metaverse where we write the code and we have this AI that basically thinks it's alive or whatever functions in, in our, our virtual world. I think that we're going to have alien code coming to the planet and it'll create itself through some kind of uh, RNA to DNA. It'll create some kind of biological life on our planet. I, I don't mean, think it'll arrive by ship. I think it may arrive by ship, but and I think it already has thousands and thousands of years ago, but I think it possibly could be interdimensional travel and that's where they come from because there's also a theory that i mean all right well if we're gonna get if we're gonna get in this we're gonna get into it right so <laughs> put let's say bigfoot out big bigfoot there i mean okay. there's a lot of theories that bigfoots are extra dimensional dimensional and that's why they are so good at hiding is because if they sense humans in the area they just, they just go through dimensions. Okay. And that's I mean, kind of like uh, the Ten Rings that came up with, um, what's his name? The, just the recent uh, Marvel movie, the Ten oh, Rings. Oh, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi, yeah. They have that different dimensional space that where that village was. And there's, there's creatures that are living there. That's with that idea of Bigfoot being an interdimensional being, it would it would be similar to explain that, like the Yeti comes from that little space, or it's a cousin of the Bigfoot, or something like that. I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, however, however we think, however whatever we think happens when something gets here. I just wrote on Reddit before I started talking to you. 
a little challenge to people because I think there's only three reasons that an extraterrestrial would ever come in contact with a human being if it has the technology to journey through our galaxy or through our universe. One, it has an accident, okay? Two, you or the, the human being that is coming in contact with has either some biological or physical um, necessity to interact with that being, be it DNA, exchange of radiant energy coming from your body, some kind of like physical aspect that it needs, food source, whatever it is. That's the second reason. Or the third one, it goes to a location and there is an unavoidable situation where there's a human being there and it needs to be there at a, a particular time. That those are the only reasons that it would, there's a guy uh, that talks about like making contact and being a diplomat for the world and, and consciously meditating to, to connect with these entities. There is no fucking reason that they, like logical reason why an advanced species would, oh, let's go make friends with our neighbors. It's not gonna be like that. It, there's a lot of energy that's required to travel. Okay. I can't hear you. That better? Yeah. I think, see, I live up in Massachusetts and the town I live in, Gardner, has a lot of history of UFO sightings and whatnot. And a lot of people have given the reason that possibly it's the metals that are in the ground here because we're like a, kind of a mountainous terrain. The metals that are in the ground here may be like fuel for their ships. And that's why they come here so often is to suck up the fuel out of the ground because they can do it without even opening the ground. And that's why they come to certain places so often is just to refill the ships before they go off again. That's that's CE1 uh, or whatever it is. That's a UFO. Okay, But interacting with a human, they, they don't have, they can go, okay, this person's going to eventually have to go away or we can come back you know, we can hit this ground spot far enough to where we were not going to touch them. They can calculate all that stuff if they were able to have some kind of interdimensional or long distance traveling capacity. There's, there's no reason for them to be like, hey, how you doing today? Well, lonely? I mean, look at the abduction of Betty and Barney Hill back in the 50s. Like, what was the purpose of that for them to get experimented on the way they were supposed, they were supposed to be experimented on? Like, they took his seed, they looked into her parts as well, and just like the whole thing didn't make sense unless they're trying to breed humans. Well, okay. There's also the social engineering aspect of that, which that particular interaction could have caused a ripple effect, which was exactly that they were looking to have happen as a predictive response for their interaction with them. Okay, so it may, it may not be that particular gene was really strong, or maybe it was, but that particular situation would cause an effect that it ne was necessary. Okay, we, we do this with our government by socially engineering things. You ever watch the stuff with Snowden? He was talking uh, about how to... I've looked into it a little bit, but I never actually like really dug into it. Yeah, well, he talked about how the government engineer situations by uh hey 
by making something happen to where it forces something else to happen. And if we did this on a scale that's small, they could do it on a scale that's big or has longer time to, to unfold. But yeah. I don't know that particular case that you're talking about. I deeply want to have some kind of interaction with extraterrestrials. And with those three requirements for them to, to actually have interaction with a human being, I would say that the, the other possibility is that you make yourself a necessity for them to interact with you. I mean, I'm the same way. I've always wanted to put the signs in the football field to say, please take me, please take me. Like, Well, I, that, I don't think that that might be the best option, but let's say, for example, part of my idea for this was to have sex with a different person in every single country. Okay. The Barney Stinson method. I like it. All right. But well, the, the idea was basically if I'm interacting with microbes here, I'm basically collecting a, a bunch of different species or connecting with different organisms from around the world. And I could in fact be some value to something that needs to have DNA coming from one of the species of microbe. Okay. Oh, I, that's actually a, that's interesting. Cause then you would have microbes from every species, every race on earth. And yeah, but it's also not clinically done. So maybe the interaction has to be voluntary for them to ex accept into your system. So, yeah, I mean, plus, well, you could, if you did that, you could write an awesome book as well to go with it. But yeah, but I kind of got sidetracked because of some really bad stuff that happened when I was in Colombia. So I can believe that it's Colombia. Mm, I was uh, shot in the face by the police, almost lynched and hung and set on fire. So Jesus, that's I was on news in 59 countries and they deported me. Wow. That's, yeah, that was, I blacked out for two weeks and I don't remember what happened entirely. It was like a, a blurry dream. So. What do you think may have caused you to black out like that? My biggest theory, contending theory, is that I was in an airport. Airports have a lot of electromagnetic energy going in, being broadcast for transmissions yeah. communication something was intercepted and interacted with my brain. That's the biggest contending theory. But the hospital, I woke up in a hospital, said that I had drugs in my system. I got up and went to the bathroom and left my drink on, on a table and drank the rest of it. I don't know if I was being watched and drugged, but I don't think that was very probable. I think most likely something was interacting with my brain on an electromagnetic spectrum. Well, Colombia has been a hot spot for all types of extraterrestrial and paranormal activity. Like it's always, most of South America has been at some point or another, whether it's from ex Nazis experimenting there after World War II or who knows, I mean, or just the ancient civilizations that could have lived there and the energy they left behind. Well, there's a lot of stories in South America. I lived down there for three years and I traveled around to about hundred different cities. Yeah, but about approximately hundred different cities. Well, let me ask so, you this. Let me ask you this. Have you yeah. been to Bolivia? 
Because I had a guest on two weeks ago who he was in the army and he was in Bolivia, stationed in Bolivia at the time. And he went to, he had him and his, not party, but him and his comrades had to go through a canyon called El Canyon de Tio. Have you heard of it? No, it's probably near the salt flats in Uni, though. But basically, it's a canyon in Bolivia where there are guards posted on both sides of it, and they will not let anybody go through after dark. And on the side of the canyon is a 50-foot devil painted on it. That's I know what that is. Okay, so that um, I stayed in the small city that's like the political center of the country, and there are some people that will freely speak to you about what's actually happening. Their president is the biggest drug dealer in the country. He supplies cocaine to a lot of Europe. And the cocaine is made by the military. So in order to keep people away, they basically scare them away. Yeah. So, but they, they, the military makes the cocaine, then they give it to pack mules that are tourist companies that travel at night when you're sleeping, they take the car that you came in, go across the border into Chile, and they then take it to uh, a port where they take it by freighter to, to Europe. So th that's happening there. Um, the sky though in Bolivia, if you're talking about extraterrestrials or something, the Atacama region desert is supposed to be the best place for viewing the stars at night and I was there and it's better when I was looking from the naked eye in Bolivia. Yeah. This it was I could see the Milky Way like the pictures that you see in in video or in the internet. It's crazy. Well basically the reason I brought it up is because the story this guy told, which I don't mind retelling kind of because it was already released. So people if right. anybody anybody that wanted to hear it can hear it already. But he basically told the story of him as buddies went through this him and his fellow soldiers went through this canyon and when they got the other side they camped out of it at night basically outside of it and one of his friends another soldier heard what sounded like a young girl crying so he ran head first almost in like a high state into the canyon at night and hit my guest and his other army buddy followed him trying to like get him to stop and they got in and they found him and he say he heard a little girl crying and all that and like no one else heard it. But as they're getting out, they start hearing all these weird noises and they basically ran towards where one of the armed guard gates were and the armed guard starts shooting at them and they're like, they're yelling in Spanish, Portuguese, wherever they speak down there and in English, like, st like stop, we're armed, stop shooting at us. And, and then like they get close and like, why are you shooting at us? And they're like, oh, we weren't shooting at you. We're shooting at that. And he said he turned around and saw an animalistic type of figure that looked like possibly like a red bull or something along those lines. <laughs> but he swe he swears it was Tio, the devil. I don't know about that one. Um, I'm kind of like a very skeptical person and I'd love to see something crazy like that in my lifetime. Um, I know that there's a lot of alpaca around that area mm. and alpaca makes some weird noises, but there might be a predatory animal. I don't know, maybe some kind of mountain lion or something. Uh, 
the first thought that I had is actually that tigers actually learn to mimic people crying and different animals yeah. crying. And maybe mountain lions could do the same thing or some kind of species of puma or something. I don't know. But it could I'm, be some kind of like trapping situation for humans. I mean, but according to him, the guards told them they shoot this creature every night to keep it away from the guard post. And that like it'll go away for a while, then it'll come back a couple hours later. Like, but they shoot at this thing every night, and like that this cane has white crosses all along top of it. They are supposed to mark all the people who died in this canyon after dark. There's a lot of superstitious people there. And I, I'm not negating the story. It sounds like an interesting story, especially if you live through something like that. But um, I, I just, I want to see physical evidence of whatever it is. And not just video. I want to actually be there present with things before I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's exactly what happened. I'm, I'm very much on the skeptical side for that stuff. But for, for like any other humanoid creature or something like that i'm a little have you heard about the anacama region mummy anacama region that's in south america anacama region is in chile chile yeah yeah uh, and they found I, an eight inch mummy of a humanoid creature and this creature was found in that region it was this was in the Rutgers University or something like that and uh, studied or like a major institution in the United States. It was in the New York Times and they debunked it because, and they dismissed it because they said it, it shared 93% of its DNA with human beings. So most likely it was some kind of um, mutated human. Yeah, that sounds... Eight inches, though, sounds more like some kind of extraterrestrial type thing. Well, it could be one of the extra or the humanoids that live on the Earth with us. This is yeah. one thing. But the other thing is that creature was somewhere between three and seven years old from the dating that they did. So that thing was alive. It wasn't like stillborn and growing. Yeah. It was full, fully matured and had lived being eight inches tall. Eight inches, dude. My, my, I'm looking at a screen right now, and that's the same height as my screen. It's tiny. Yeah, so. I mean, well, I'd be careful who you tell eight, who you tell eight inches of time to. But... <laughs> oh man, but, yeah, there, there's some there's some fucking crazy monsters out there in the porn world for sure. Jesus. Oh god. Oh yeah. <laughs> my favorite one is like steel, but. I no, I was I was. Uh, having sex with this porn star, we were at the porn awards and she she's deaf. She can't hear. She's got hearing aids. Mm. And I, I looked at her across the room. I'm like, do you want to go back to the hotel and fuck? And she goes, yeah, let's go. So she grabs my arm and we walk back to her room and she opens the door. We go inside and there's a dude sleeping on the couch. And I'm just like, it's just like, don't worry about him. Like, okay, we go in the bedroom. We start fucking and we finish and there's a knock at the door and this, the guy that was giving the awards ceremony, this was a major production, the award banquet host that was giving the awards away came to the front of the bed and he's like, hey, how you doing, man? And I'm like, uh, I'm not shooting right now. This is a little weird for me. I'm like, wasn't expecting this. Apparently 
she was rooming with these guys oh. and the, the guy on the bed was his name's King Louis or something like that. And she videoed with him and I saw his junk on Twitter. He had like a 13 inch dick. His dick was fucking enormous. <coughs> and I, I'm just like, Jesus Christ. And yeah. I, I've seen something like that. Cause I was in a nude group, a nude group on Facebook, like years back before I was, when I first started before and when I was first starting to date my now wife, but, yeah. and basically it's just a group where consenting adults saying each other nude pics of them. There's couples in there that send pictures of them having sex and shit, like in videos, yeah. like it's a hot thing to be involved in if you just want to have some fun. But there's this one guy, I swear to God, the first time he sent a picture of his dick, half, half the girls were like awed and drooling and half the girls were like, oh God, no, keep that away from me. Like it's, it was just that big that like it was half and half. So here, here's the story about that. I'm, I'm entry level porn star, just so you understand my dick size. I'm entry level porn star. I'm acceptable by porn stars. If you were a size down, you would not be acceptable in the range. Okay. Yeah. I'm at the, the entry level porn star position for size, but this girl just fucked this guy with 13 inches, right? Did they're elastic vagina snap back that's a, that's a given right yeah but this made me feel really good because she called me and texted me four times afterwards and was like hey how you doing i was I had a really good time and blah 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 she she was like dtf for that moment and doing scenes again in the future so when you think that the end all be all is having a massive cock no it's, it's not the size it, of the boat it's the motion of the ocean it's really not, but here's the problem. When you're having sex with a porn star in front of the camera and they're a good actress, you don't know. Oh God, no. I mean. You, if they're a good actress, they're, they're looking like they're enjoying themselves, but it could be like, this guy sucks. So. I mean, yeah, I mean, for all the girls I've been with in my life, which is probably, it's not even a high number by, far at all but i mean i don't even know if i don't even know if they were all really there or if they were faking it like it's just the way it goes you don't know but they only have to be an actress sometimes there's good enough at faking it from practice that you don't know honestly i um, mean you may but i a regular person like me doesn't you have to basically just not worry about it that's how that's i've always all. been that's how you have to keep your sanity. If the girl's not satisfied with you, if you're in a relationship with them, she's going to look other places. Okay. And yeah. that's, that's a problem. But if she's loyal to you and she's not satisfied, then you got to make some fucking adjustments. So. I mean, yeah, of course that's how it goes. I mean, it's like, like all things in relationships, it's about communication. If you, if, if she's not satisfied, she needs to say something and she needs to say, we should try this or we should try this. But if you could have sex with any type of um, humanoid creature from fan fantasy world, what would it be? Tough one, tough one, tough one. But immediately, for some reason, I go to the Navi from Avatar. But a giant? Well, you mean being the same size or being their size? Either or. Or uh, I'm trying to think of like humanoid creatures, though. Uh, I mean, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be humanoid. It could be whatever your fantasy is. But I'm just thinking like 
fantasy just because some of the things like did you see um the, the the boys or the boys oh the boys yeah yeah of course yeah, yeah. all right so they have that shapeshifter man that homelander was uh oh like, yeah and, and she, he made her he made the shapeshifter act like his boss and yeah yeah, yeah i mean my first thought is like a shapeshifter because you could have any girl you want and they could be anything you want. But then I'm thinking to myself, what if they were male or if like that, that's what they wanted to be when they were with you or like, oh, I mean, uh, I'm not, I'm not gay. So it's, it's, it's not, I, I'm very repulsed by the idea of being with another man. Yeah. So that would freak me out. But like having multiple limbs or something like that. I don't know. I mean, like, I mean, well, mm. I've always had kind of had like this fantasy, and this is gonna sound probably more fucked up than I think it is, but <laughs> like conjoined twins, like in like in Big Fish, or like I or mean, like, attractive yeah, conjoined twins are not very common, but like basically the opposite version of stuck stuck on you. Okay, so you have. Same body, but two different heads. Yeah, there, there was a skit on Saturday SNL I watched the other day where they were conjoined twins and the hot one was all over the actor in the story and the, the ugly one was like, I'm the one with the vagina. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That's just always been one of my, I don't know. I mean, just two for one kind of deal. That's why I always think of that. I, well, I'm just thinking because part of what I do with my my graphics and my CGI on the, on the videos is I can actually put someone in a green screen suit and I can turn them into anything. I mean, but then there's always like, you know, the route of female Bigfoot or female dogmen and like, it's like, maybe, maybe, maybe. That what, Getting into the bestiality kind of aspect of things, that, that that's a weird topic, by the way. And I looked this up because I was actually doing some research for SEO for my sites and stuff. It's very popular. Oh, God, more yes. Pop more popular than you possibly think. And it's from women. Oh, I've read plenty of, of literatica written by women about that stuff. We're, and we're talking like something between oh, close to one in 100 women that have dogs. Oh, Trust me, I believe it. I've seen enough supposed amateur videos in my time of that that I 100% believe that. I'm not saying 1% of women. I'm saying 1% of women that have dogs. Yeah. So, and I, I mean, it's funny because we actually just got a Mastiff puppy that's 16 weeks old now. And every time she goes near my wife, she immediately has her nose up there sniffing and everything else. And I'm like, I'm like, let her give it yeah. a try sometimes, babe. See how she does. Yeah. The, the bull, they're not the bull. The English Mastiff has a 13-inch penis. Well, what's the American Mastiff? So I don't know if that makes a difference. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be big. If it's if it's a 200-pound dog, it's going to be a big dick. Oh, so I know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not that, I told her it's a female. So I'm telling her, like, just let her have fun with it. But I don't have to worry about anything. <laughs> I don't have to worry about anything taking my place. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe with the tongue. <laughs> That's the other part of those things. That's why they, they have the little lap dogs on them. Oh, trust me, I've 
I love those confession sites, and I've read a lot about girls admitting when they were teenagers about letting the dogs do things to them and everything, and they still do it to this day. Like, yeah, it's it's just when you start to understand why girls are so secretive. Mm-hmm. It, porn stars are a little bit easier because they'll talk to you, but if they like you, they lie to you. That's the the part. That's really, that. yeah. Any girl that likes you is going to lie to you because it's they want gonna... they want they want to impress you. Yeah well it's a power thing man they don't want to be vulnerable they, they they're trying to make sure that they can replace you easily by not having any lever like you don't have any leverage over them yeah i mean well that's always the way it is with women they always want to have the power over their man like that's just the way yeah. they try especially nowadays that's just the way it goes like my my wife tries that power over me all the time it doesn't always work but she'll try a thousand different ways to make it happen yeah but right Right now, I don't think relationships are going to be in it for me for serious, committed situation, just because of my two passions here with the paranormal stuff and the porn. So not the best combination when you're, when you're not marriage material. Yeah, I mean, I, I am marriage material because I never could play the field. So I had, to, <laughs> I, ha- I had to get married in order to make myself get action on a permanent basis so you know it's just I, it, it made sense it made sense and i, 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 I just, love the girl i'm with so i love the woman yeah. with, so i had a girlfriend in columbia and i told her i was going to do porn and she's like oh that's a good idea and i, I was kind of freaked out by it. i'm like you understand that's me doing the porn and she's like yeah okay so some people are into it i'm not just exactly sure on how that's going to work yet but yeah. I couldn't imagine being a porn star and having a relationship. Yeah, it just wouldn't work, I don't think. No. If now I can find some ghosts or you can find some ghosts, this is, I want to make a little pact with you right now. Okay. In your future uh, investigations or curiosities with podcasts and people that you're talking to, bring up the idea of spectrophilia if people are talking about ghosts. If they know anyone that's ever had this, I want to actually get them to communicate with me or to visit them. And I either want to go to the space and have a reenactment, have them do the reenactment if they're willing to do that, depending on the the look of the person, or um, get the story and put it together in some interesting way. So, I mean, I will definitely tell some of my past guests and my some of my future guests to definitely listen to this episode and tell me what okay. and, t- and like see if they're interested into it okay because i'm really thinking to myself i gotta spread myself out there in order to figure out who's going to be good for this porn stars can act it out but the reality of the actual events i want to have some some leg- legitimacy to things too it's not just all you know story but if I can do one reenactment, one possession thing per month, I think I want to be in a good position. That's my goal for this. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an interesting idea. And that's why as soon as I was told about you, like, and they asked if I wanted to interview, I was like, God, yes, this is the most original thing I've ever heard in the paranormal field. Yeah. Well, I talked, I have another podcast interview tomorrow. I'm doing like probably two a week. Um, I do some for my book 
and then some for paranormal stuff. But uh, I have a gentleman that told me he was a pastor and a, a recovering porn addict, and he couldn't do this the podcast with me. And then right before I, I got on with you, he messaged me back and said that he talked to his partner and they want to have me on. It's kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely had a, I mean, I don't know. I, I've been called by people a porn addict, but I don't think that really exists because, I mean. I, well, the first podcast I did for my book was for mental health and porn addiction. And uh, I, looked, I looked up and defined the word addiction. And you can look at it in a way that it's overwhelming you and not allowing you to, to function normally or you are very excited about what you're doing and enthusiastic. So maybe you're a porn addict and the enthusiastic part of the battle. Well, but, put, it, put it this way. Uh, Saturday, Home Alone High School, I came 25 times in one day to porn. So 25 times? I mean, trust me, but the last time it was basically dust and a little fly coming out saying, please stop. But 25, geez, the, I'm, I'm eight or nine at the fucking most. Jesus, it's 25. It was one day I never can get close to that level again. I don't know what the fuck I ate or what the fuck I drank that gave me that ability that day, but I I want to go back you're in time. Talking, that's talk, you're talking like waking hours that take two times every hour. Oh, God, yeah. I was a 15, 16-year-old that's home alone for a freaking 12-hour period. Jesus. Like. I did. I did what I got to do, and it's. I did what I wanted to do, basically. But well, I, I probably watched more porn videos that day than most people ever would in a day. But I see. On average, I'm coming probably two times a day. So I'm either watching porn or fucking or doing something, and uh, if I'm shooting and I'm with somebody, I can probably shoot in a two or three hour period, I'll, I'll, I'll come two times, but I can, if I'm on a marathon for sex, just for, for my own pleasure and I'm recording it, I can be four or five times. So see, I can't do it anymore. And like, I can't do that anymore. I tried to, I didn't really try, but I just know I can't go more than like three times a day, but let's just say the next couple of days after that day, I was walking around limping kind of for a while because it was painful. That's, that's wow. I mean, 25, I've never heard that much actually. And maybe I haven't investigated it thoroughly, but like there, there are dudes that are impressive and, and stuff. Like I've, I've came two times with the same heart on and kept fucking after that. So I almost went three times, but that's to me impressive. But I watched a porn the other day and this dude came three times with the same heart on him. It was like easy for him. I'm like, this yeah. is I've, I've done, very Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I've I've done the twice with the same thing, like once, once with my with yeah. my now with my now wife in Cape Cod on vacation, but yeah. in one night. But I mean, other than that, like it was just I don't know, it was just back to back. I call yeah. that the, I call that the honeypot night. Well, for for being uh, in someone else's production, like tomorrow, I've got a, a gig that I'm not a gig, but I got a phone call for a gig that I'm going to be doing, and they want me to do an oil wrestling match with a girl. Ooh. And the way that we do this is we actually fuck first and then we fight, because if you film the the fighting, you're going to be exhausted and like yeah, 
you can get aroused with that, but realistically, you need to, to have sex first. So, and then if you are willing afterwards or during the fight, then you can too. Then you have more footage to work with. But interesting. Yeah. Porn, porn for me though, I need to have some new stimuli. The storylines are boring. That's why I got into the whole spectrophilia and paraphilia thing, the possession, demonic stuff. The series with the paranormal stuff is called Paranormal Detectives. And that's paranormaldetectives.com, Paranormal Detectives on LinkedIn. That's for paranormal investigators. Uh, I'm Paranormal Dicks on <laughs> Reddit and, or sorry, Supernatural Dicks on Reddit, Paranormal Dicks on Twitter. So I've got the domain for Paranormal Supernormal everything so all right well but, it was actually really fun talking to you and i would be glad to have you back on sometime in the future maybe <coughs> if you're good with that but, well let's let's get some content that we can kind of mutually use here like you get some kind of like uh ideas for ghosts you got someone that i can go to let's make a mission out of the next mission if we're going to do this again i think that's a good way to do it this this broke the ice and then we can have some meaty content for something that's supernatural in the future sounds good to me my listeners this is a bonus episode so listen to one of my regular episodes if you want to find out where you can find me because most of you already know where to find me so i don't need to get my socials once more so just listen to the episode that came out last saturday or this saturday coming and you'll hear them all right man it's a pleasure talking to you and rock it rock yeah. on. johnny thank you for coming on all right Joe.